Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke... Here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. Just swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well, my advice to you, start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean glass. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. As always, I am Jim. I am your host. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today, whether you're listening on Dirt Road FM or our second showing on the podcast and all streaming platforms um i hope your 2023 is going well um you know it's funny i don't know what's making me think of this but i i know i've said about 2023 a bunch but it's way past that aren't we we're way past that well happy new year stuff so i think it's just maybe when i'm recording this introduction it's still fresh <laughs> fresh in my mind because i've recorded all the other ones at the same time but um you know happy new year um 2023 i, I mean for me has been going great I don't know what it's been going on for you, but I th- we're having a great year. Um, today we have um, somebody that I've been, you know, I've been going back and forth with to get on this show. Um, timing and stuff finally had sunk up. And we have Trey Odom on the show. Trey is a Georgian. Um, he's living down there in Georgia with his wonderful girlfriend, Lindsay. Um, you're going to hear Trey's story here in a minute, so I don't want to give too, too much away. But, um, and I, and I think I say it in the conversation, but I didn't know what to expect with this conversation. Um, Trey's got some great music out there. I love this rock and roll country thing. That's, that's getting prominent and prevalent in the genre. I think it's, it's huge. You know, for me as a kid that grew up in the late 90s, you know, grew up in the nineties, early two thousands, you know, the, um, the creeds of the world and the nickelbacks of the world and, and, you know, that sort of thing. And like when kid rock was first coming onto the scene, um, it's nice to hear that sound, that rock and roll sound, but it's also very country when it comes to the songs and the lyrics and the meaning behind them. And I think Trey is a, a perfect example of that. And I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm going to, going to go on a limb here that at the end of the year, when we talk about our, artists to listen for in 2024 i wouldn't be surprised if trey is on that list um if he's not on that list there's other factors that probably played into it but um trey will definitely i think should be on that list um for people to look for in 24 because i think 20 this year is going to be his year to really fucking start railroad railroading and and just killing and based on the conversations we've had, I think I think he's there. I think he's going there. Uh, but anyway, so Trey Odom, my God, great guy. Um, 
like I said, like real down to earth, wasn't sure what to expect out of this guy. And he surprised the hell out of me. Um, you know, like we kind of jokingly said at the end of the episode, like, you know, if you were boring, I would have cut this a long time ago. But, you know, and part of that is true. You know, it, it is what it is. You know, that's the business of show business, right? Um, but this conversation had me captivated from the word go. So, Trey, thank you so much. Um, there, There is a little bit of a, <laughs> a thing in here in the middle when, um, you know, there was a little little part that, um, I think Trey confused me with somebody else and that's fine. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Lindsay's going to be pissed that I kept this in, but I did only because it just shows the realism of Trey as a person. Like he's a busy guy. He's got a million fucking things going on. Like I don't fault him for that. You know, shit happens. I, I can't tell you how many times it's happened to me while I'm talking to somebody, um, you know, not knowing who the hell they are <laughs> for a second, you know, thinking that, oh, I had this conversation with somebody and then, you know, oh, it was somebody else. I think that's real. And I think that's that's super important to me on this show. So, Lindsay, I'm sorry I kept it in. Um, I, I love you. I mean it. <laughs> I just I think it was real. I think it was so real that it needed to be heard. Um, so, yeah. So without further ado, guys, I hope you enjoy our conversation with Trey Odom. Here you go. We want to give a big shout out to our friends over at Off the Rails here in Worcester, Massachusetts at 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. They have the best food, the best music around. You will not go wrong. Go to their website, offtherailsworcester.com. You can see their lineup of shows. You can see their menu. You can see the local talent they have. Absolute fantastic people. We love being a part of the Off the Rails family, and we love having them being part of our family. Thank you so much to Off the Rails. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Hey, Trey. Hello, hello. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I'm surprised that you can hear me because of all the different um, components that I have Jerry rigged up to this computer to try to record a few, like a few months <laughs> yeah. ago. So I am oh. color me impressed by my own, you know, not being able to uh, screw things up. So. Well, so it's funny because it's funny you say that because I have that, um, I guess that gift with a lot of people because a lot of people have been saying the same thing to me. Like our first... Our first guest of season five was April Cushman, and um, April and I, she's a great musician out of New Hampshire. If you have ever have the chance, you know, check her out, because she is All right. And, okay. um, you know, she lives out in the middle of nowhere, and she's like, I can't figure this whole thing out. And then later that night, she does a Facebook, Instagram live thing, and it, like, went flawless. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you can figure that out, but you can't figure yeah. it out. So, I, I, like, I have all this random crap hooked up to this computer that should not be hooked up to it. Yeah. Because I was, um, um, a buddy of mine uh, runs a, uh, a video production company out of Nashville, and a while back he asked me to rescore his intro sequence. You know, kind of like the kind of like the intro sequence you get at, like, Paramount or Universal or whatever. Yeah, or sure. Music behind it. So he asked me to do the score for that. And so, my house and... I don't have a, a recording uh, interface and I had to download the free version of Pro Tools to do it. I had to do, take a crash course in Pro Tools, learn as I went. And I have a little two channel digital mixer hooked up to my computer through uh, like USB or whatever. And I had to use like very shitty gear to try yeah. and make it happen. But it, I mean, it worked fortunately enough and I'm surprised that it did. But 
I'm just using the the microphone on the computer right now. So yeah, you know, and, and you sound great. You know, and it's one of those things where I've tried to you know to do this podcast. I just do it from my phone, right? Yeah. And <clears throat> I've tried everything. I've tried you know getting it through my computer or recording it through my computer first, and you know this headset or that headset or this microphone, and it's just. It's all, you know, some days it'll work, some days it won't. It's just a real, you know, a real shit show about this technology. <laughs> I never know exactly what's going to work or how it's going to sound. And, yeah. You know, and, you know, whatever. It is what it is. You know, that's why I like it. You know, it's so authentic and raw. And, you know, it is, you get what you get. Yeah. Fortunately yeah. enough, um, Anchor, uh, Anchor works pretty good. I've been on a podcast before for a buddy of mine out in Arizona that has a motorcycle gear, like a motorcycle clothing company. Um, and he, we used Anchor and it worked pretty good. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, haven't, you know, I've been using it for a year and a half now and I can't really complain at all. You know, they wouldn't stay in business if their shit didn't work, you know? Right. You know, it helps that they have you know, they're big backing by Spotify. So, I mean, Oh, yeah. well, I, I didn't know that part, but now I do. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, you know, it's pretty much, it's anchored by Spotify. So, I, you know, Spotify owns it and you know, that's a big reason why I use it. Cause, and it's super idiot proof that, you know, I can figure it out. <laughs> so I'm like, this is great. I love idiot proof. So, oh. so, so much like most of most everything in my life, I make idiot proof for my own sake, because with my ADD and whatever, and just my scatterbrainedness, like I, it has to be idiot proof because if there's something that can be forgotten or overlooked on it, I will forget it and I will overlook it. So, oh, yeah. Yep. And like for this, you know, this show, I don't edit a lot of it, you know, unless it really, sound, you know, if something happens and, you know, you cut out or whatever, you know, I'll edit that. But other than that, I really don't. And if I do, it's super easy to do. It's, you know, like, like I said, it's it really is like idiot proof. Like if an alien landed in my backyard and was like, show me how to do anger, I'd be like, oh, it's super easy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, but, you know, we've been kind of rambling on about nothing and I love it. But, um, <laughs> you know, thanks for being here. You know, it's been a it's been a long time coming. Lindsay and I have been going back and forth. Uh, what seems like for months with schedules to get you on. So I'm, I'm psyched. Yeah, you're here. I've been excited about it. Thank you guys for, for having me on. We were listening uh, to uh, yesterday um, and it was pretty cool. I really like your guys' uh, format, the guy, the way you guys do, the way you guys do things and everything. And I like that you guys are very conversational and you guys aren't very like, you know, there's not a set like structure. Like you don't have like, like question, like a list of questions you're going through no. because that, feels that just feels awkward as hell it does it does and you know it's one of those <laughs> things where if if you have things you want to you want to set up you know it just feels very uh question and answery and just very you know just it, doesn't feel authentic it's clunky it is clunky it's like oh well you know where are you from you know where did you go to school like nobody gives a shit <laughs> you know like <laughs> just just tell your story man yeah, no one fucking cares. Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> no one cares that you played t-ball in third grade and now that now you tour the world. You know, exactly. Like, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> so, with that being said, tell let, let's hear your story. I want to hear your story from your point of view and how you know where. You, I, oh God, you know, just as I said, I don't like it, but like how you started and where you've come from and where you are and where you're going and and all that. <clears throat> well. In order to save 
time, which I don't usually like to do. I'm always late. I'm always late to everything. I will kind of tell you my story geared towards music, which is why I'm on here. So okay. we'll, we'll go from there. Um, I was born in a city in South Alabama called Dothan. Um, it's called Circle City by some people nowadays because there's this giant, like, like not freeway, but glorified road that goes in a circle around the city. The city looks like a bullseye. It's, it's pretty funny. When I was eight years old, we moved to central Georgia. Um, good for my, uh, my stepdad's job. Um, and, uh, and, uh, I got my first guitar when I was like 15, 16 for Christmas. I got an electric guitar. I wanted to learn electric drums. And, uh, then I moved to like, Oh, I want to play bass. It'd be kind of cool. And my dad's like, no, dude, you want to play guitar? Cause basses are always in the background. And I'm like, okay, whatever. There's more strings. It's going to be more difficult. So whatever. So I got this electric guitar and, you know, I kind of grew up watching the, uh, the, uh, the older kids in my youth group play in like, you know, the youth group band, which a lot of people, you know, from the South kind of did. And I'm like, Oh, those guys are really cool. Like I want to be like them, you know? Um, so I did that and I ended up becoming like the worship leader in my youth group band and stuff when I was like, I don't know, 16, 17, something like that. And then, uh, halfway through junior year of high school, we moved out to Arizona, which was probably one of the most important kind of moves or, you know, big things that happened in my life because it opened me up to a world outside of the bubble that is, you know, the Bible belt, mm. um, which there's nothing wrong with the Bible belt, you know. But I got to see a different part of the world within my own country that was really cool. People that had different backgrounds, different upbringings than I was used to. Um, and I spent, you know, 15 years there, kept playing music. Um, I never wanted to sing, but a buddy of mine in high school convinced me to be a singer. And uh, it was kind of like we were, you know, dicking around a guitar in his bedroom. And he's like, I started singing. And we were playing like some thrice or some 30 seconds to Mars or something like that. We were into that stuff back then. And I, I still am. I'm there. But uh, he's like, dude, you should sing. I'm like, no, I want to play guitar. He's like, dude, you're an idiot. You can do both. I'm like, fine. So that kind of went through that. I was in a few bands in college. Um, I wrote my first country song um, when I was a, shit, a junior in college. Uh, I didn't like country music when I moved from Georgia to um, to Arizona, but it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, don't uh, you don't miss Bojangles until you're in a state that doesn't have Bojangles or something. Like that. <laughs> I, per, I, per, I I just that was the first thing that came to mind. I don't even like Bojangles, but whatever. Um, but uh, and being away from you know the place where country music is the most prevalent, or at least it was back then. I kind of missed it. And so I, you know, that's how I got into writing country music. And I found that, you know, as much as I loved rock music, which I still, still do you, I, I, when I do a sound check, I plug into, I plug my electric guitar in a sound check. One of the first riffs that I play during sound check is probably going to be some Van Halen or something like that. Um, nice. Nice. And, but, you know, I just found that writing country music just came more natural to me because, you know, that's, that's my background. Like I grew up not necessarily in a small town, but a smaller city. Right. Um, and, you know, part of that time I spent like, you know, at my grandparents' farm just across the Chattahoochee River over in, uh, over in South Georgia, which is, you know, that was where I grew up on. I and mean, my granddad uh, for the longest time had cows and we have cows on the farm again now uh, for the past, you know, couple of years. And I'm all, uh, this time of year, I'm down there back and forth 
like multiple times a week because, you know, deer hunting. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, um, back to music because I kind of, I get very tangential. I'm sorry about that. But no, no, it's great. That's, back, that's, back to, that's the beauty back, of it. Back to music. Um, you know, I did the country thing and you know, I really got into a few country artists back in like 2010, 2011. I loved, loved, loved that time period for country music. Like, I don't know what it was about it, but it was just, I think it was kind of a magical time because there were a lot of artists, even some of the big names that were doing some stuff that didn't sound like all the rest of their stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, like they were doing stuff that, you know, songs that, you know, didn't, you know, didn't follow their normal, you know, archetype, so to speak. Um, and I really liked that, you know, country music at that point was pretty flexible. They could do some rock stuff. They could do some, something a little bit with a more like a soul kind of a groove to it. And, you know, people just ate it up. And of course I did too. But uh, anyways, in college was when I started writing country music. And then it just got, you know, I kept playing, kept playing. I would play like at a local bar or something where I knew the owner that would have me come in periodically and play some music because I was friends with him and stuff. And uh, I started playing pretty regularly. And then I, I won't forget the date. It was October 30th, 2015. I was working at, you know, the last corporate job that I had. It was like a Silicon Valley startup that had an office in Scottsdale, Arizona, which is like the swanky part of Phoenix. Um, and I, uh, I, I left, I, I quit that day and I, it was scary because, you know, whenever you leave a job and you don't have another one lined up, it's like, Oh, what the hell am I going to do? How am I going to pay my bills? But the cool thing that happened. And I, and I think that, um, I think that the kind of beauty in it was that it happened when it was supposed to literally the next day I started getting calls from local bars that I, either I had known someone that worked there and there were a couple that, you know, I had no connection to that had just heard about me from, you know, the small shows that I played that started calling and saying, Hey, we have an opening like every other Tuesday or something, or every Wednesday, do you want to come in and play? And I'm like, well, yeah. And so then I'm like, okay, I can pay my bills doing this. So from then, like I started playing bigger shows, bigger shows, finally got a band together, got some equipment together, put together a set list and started playing big shows. And, you know, it just kept getting bigger and bigger and, uh, you know, I was playing some of the biggest bars in Arizona. I was playing Dirk Bentley's Whiskey Row out there, both locations, well, three locations at the time. They used to have one, a third in Arizona. And then uh, she had about uh, almost three, two and a half, three years, something like that. I'm terrible with time. But we, uh, me and Lindsay decided to move out to uh, to Georgia because my mom and dad and my middle brother and his wife had moved out over the course of like five years. And I took Lindsay to visit for like, I think it was Christmas or Thanksgiving or something. And we got a, uh, a wild hair and went to an open house. Um, we're like, Hey, this is kind of cool. Let's go over there and check it out. And it was over here in Woodstock. And we're like, and we still drove through the downtown area and fell in love with it. Absolutely. Just fell in love with it. We're like, in the car on the way back to my parents' house in the back seat, looking at each other, like, you know, we gave each other this look. It's like, we both knew what we were thinking and we're like, do we want to move here? Yes. Let's move here. Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay ended up getting a, a teaching job for Fulton County. Um, and you know, 
it was kind of scary for me because moving from a, a market in Arizona that I kind of hit the ceiling of. Hey, everyone, don't forget to check out our friends over at theafterglowboutique.com. That's theafterglowboutique.com. Or if you're local, they have a great shop at 43 Main Street in Blackstone, Massachusetts. All Boots and Whiskey podcast listeners get 20% off at checkout with the promo code BOOTS. That's B-O-O-T-S at checkout for 20% off at theafterglowboutique.com. Check them out. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. You know, I'd played all the bars that were out there. Like, I would have to start over from scratch out here in Georgia. Right. And that was kind of scary because I didn't know anything about the music scene. But I knew that, you know, Woodstock, you know, north of Atlanta was close enough to Nashville. I could go to Nashville if I needed to. Uh, but I didn't want to live in Nashville. Um, and all my family was here. But, you know, we first moved out here. The first week we were here, um, we uh, went to an open mic uh, down the road from my house and started meeting people local musicians and everything and the that was just so beautifully received by all the local musicians here they were so welcoming and and everything and and one thing led another started getting shows and getting shows here and there and then before you know it within like six months i was full-time just like i was back in arizona and it was it was pretty awesome you know and i really think you know it it kind of showed me that okay this is where i'm supposed to be because it just kind of it, it, it just happened, you know, but fast forward, you know, a year after that, I ended up signing a little uh, record deal and um, still making uh, music. And I have a lot of stuff that I plan to release this next year, but that is a conversation we will get into in just a little bit. That's, that's a tricky subject. Yeah. yeah that, that That's awesome. So was, so it's, it's, I guess it's nice, you know, we, my wife and I, you know, my wife's from Boston and. Um, oh, it's funny that you say Boston. I'm sorry to interject. No, no, no. Lindsay, I was talking to Lindsay earlier this morning. She's like, yeah, so they live in Massachusetts, right? She's like, yeah, they live in Massachusetts. And I'm like, oh, so they're from Boston. Because in my <laughs> mind, oh, if you're from Massachusetts, okay, you're from Boston. You know, it's, <laughs> it, I mean, it's easier that way. It really is. Um, but for where we are, we're about an hour, 10, hour and 15 south of Boston. So you guys um, are near Rhode Island and near Providence. Yeah. Yeah. We're, um, I'm about 20. I could leave my house and be in downtown Providence in like 25 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then there's the next biggest city next near us in Massachusetts is Worcester. And it's the same thing. You're like, leave the house, downtown Worcester, 25 minutes. How so do you spell, how do you spell Worcester? Oh, it's W-O-R-C-E-S-T-E-R. Do you guys just kind of like cut out like half of the syllables of that word? Pretty much. It's, like, just, it's, uh, like the, it's like the sauce that everyone has in their fridge that they keep in there for like five years and use it like one years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We just, we just make up shit around here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm down with it. Like, I think I have a bottle of Worcestershire. Yeah. The wash, sauce wash your sister sauce. Wash your sister. Oh, I haven't yeah. heard that one yet. I'm stealing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you look at some of the towns around here in Massachusetts and like the names of them, you'd be like, "Oh, that's how you say that." And it's like, "Nope, that's not how you say that." Actually, <laughs> you know, no, for efficiency's sake, we're going to cut out half the syllables in this yeah. word so that we can talk faster. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Everything's <laughs> faster up here. You know, it's hurry, hurry up and wait. You know, is, is what I say. Exactly. I I have a friend from uh, Long Island. And um, 
that is very much like the uh, the vibe that you know I get from like where he's from. Yeah, he's like very much hurry up and wait, busy, 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 go, 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 go. Yep, yeah. yep. If you're not moving, you're not. You know, you're you're just staying still, and you're not going to get ahead. That's pretty. If much. you're not moving, you're in the way. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's even it's even worse when you're driving when it's like, oh, what the fuck? What do you mean you're going the speed limit? Like we got to go eighty. Like let's go. I think that that is kind of universal though because um my sweet girlfriend she is wonderful she's bubbly like she's the nicest person you'll meet until you get her behind the wheel of a car <laughs> and i think that's true for every every person but i think specifically for the people the, the, the women that are the sweetest and then also that that applies to my mom when like you get them behind a wheel like they are scary it's like, yeah. how dare you only go 10 over the speed limit? What the heck are you doing? Yeah, why, yeah. The hell are you, why the hell are you in the left lane on the freeway not going 20 over? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, babe, it's kind of icy outside. Don't you think we should not be tailgating this person? Like, I think I see some gray hair and I barely see the steering wheel. I think this might not be safe, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... it's uh... Yeah, my uh, my wife was born and raised in the city of Boston, so she has she already has like an edge to her, um, because when you yeah. grow up in a city like Boston, like you have to, you know, it's exactly, it's, you know, especially when we were growing up, you know, we grew up in the you know late eighties, nineties. It's like it, Boston wasn't what it is now, what it is then. You know, it was very, yeah. you know, it was it was whitey city. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, so yeah, when I brought her out to where I, you know, the house we live in, my grandfather built and so wow, I, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it needs, uh, it needs some love and it's way too small for the family size we have, but do you, you know, so question because, yeah. um, I, I, I like to interject. Well, I don't like to, because it's no, rude, I, but also I have ADD and if I don't say something then I'm going to forget about it, it's just going to blast off into oblivion and I'll forget what I was going to say, but uh, tell me if your house is the same as mine because we moved into this house and half of the additions and modifications to this house were done by the previous owner. His name was Ron. And so when I go to fix things or rewire a light, even when I find out some of the stuff in this house that was done a certain way, I'm like, fucking Ron, why would you do this this way? Yeah. Do you, do you, so my question is, do you ever find anything in your house that your grandfather built a certain way where you're like, grandpa? Like, what were you thinking? Here? Yeah. Um, most, <laughs> I mean, most of this house. I mean, this house was really with my grandparents and my father, who's an only child of mine. So it was built, designed for a family of three. Oh. Um, my wife and I, we, between the three children. Okay. So nice. Had, there's five of us in this house at any given point. My in-laws live with us. So, you know. So you guys I, are stepping on one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, my wife, my wife laughs all the time and she's like we just live in a double wide you know and a, a, a bigger double wide and i was like yeah it pretty much is exactly what it is um you know we live in a ranch we have a acre of land like we have plenty of space outside we just don't have a lot of space inside <laughs> uh, well i guess that's a good and bad thing if your house is too small you spend more time outside and we could all do with a little bit more of that right yeah absolutely but you know my kids are of the generation of you know i don't want to go outside because it's scary out there because it's sun um Jeez. which drives me crazy but anyway um actually the sm the younger ones love to be outside the oldest that's good 
that's, the that's, loves that's, his video games. So. Uh, well, I mean, I used to love video games too, but I also loved going outside because from a very young age, like yeah. specifically when we were at my grandma's house in uh, in Ashford, Alabama, me and all my cousins, they wouldn't let us play inside. They say, no, go outside, like get out of the house, like you're yeah. in the way. And so that of course led to, okay, let's go outside and find whatever sticks look like guns and let's play war. Yeah. Or let's yeah. build a fort. Let's see how 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 high we can climb in this tree. Like, oh, don't climb too high. You might fall and break your neck and kill yourself. Oh, no, that's not going to happen. How far can you climb up in that tree? Oh, can you jump from that branch over there onto the roof of the garage? Oh, let's try it. Yeah. Like, yep. Now, you know, this is totally random. You're saying, um, you know, being being born in, in the deep south and stuff. Like, how do you not have an accent? Well, it's weird because it comes and goes. Okay. Um, I spent enough time in the South and enough time not in the South. And now I'm back in the South again to where it, you can ask my girlfriend, she'll uh, ask Lindsay, you know, Lindsay, um, she'll tell you it comes and goes depending on who I'm talking to, because you have a Northern accent. And so when I'm speaking to you, like brain where I start talking like you and a lot of people do that, but, (laughs) um, but like this time of year, uh, at least twice a week, I'm down on our farm in South Georgia. And when I go down there, I'm speaking to my granddad who has this old, like buttery, smooth, velvety Southern accent. Um, that you kind of hear in movies. And I come back up here and I am talking like I have lived in small town, South Georgia, my entire life. <laughs> so I don't know what to tell you about it. It comes and goes. Yeah. There are certain words that I say that are very Southern. There are certain words that I say that aren't so your guess is as good as mine you know it, it's funny because like i can relate to that because like i was saying my wife is from boston so when before her parents moved out here and she you know her family was still in the city and she would go to visit i would always know um because she would come home and you know she would sound like she did when we first started dating and i was like oh you must have crossed the line today and like you know she she would laugh because that would just mean she went into the city yeah. Um, and now, you know, it comes out now when she's pissed off or she's had a little too much to drink. Yep. Same thing. Same thing here. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yep. it's like, oh, there, there comes the Boston Irish anger. I can't wait. And it's oh, like, goodness. Here yeah, we go. Yeah. Yep. Get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Get out of the way is exactly right. It's awesome. Um, but that's cool, man. I, I love that, you know, you've been able to go back and forth and that your roots are still, you know, really deep where you are. I think that's, Oh, I've been, I've been so blessed with, you know, I've been given so many cool opportunities and experiences throughout my life. And I've been given like this wonderful family that has somehow magically stayed together and stayed positive and stayed healthy for my entire life. Like, it's been it's it's been wonderful the kind of life that I've lived. I have nothing but grateful. Like yeah. I've gotten to perform overseas and I've gotten to, you know, spend time in other countries, like meet people from different cultures that I would not have ever met or experienced had I stayed in the South my entire life. And all the while I, you know, I have this wonderful family that's, you know, could not be more supportive and loving and you know, I'm just, I'm very, I'm very lucky, man. Yeah. So. Now, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm asking strictly out of curiosity because I've talked to a lot of people from, you know, your neck of the woods, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Nashville, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, being from, 
the Northeast, you know, we're in a bubble. We are very much in a bubble of yes, you, know, you guys thoughts, are thoughts, opinions, you know, all this shit. You know, we think our shit doesn't stink. Um, your pizza you know, doesn't. What's that? Your pizza doesn't. Uh, our pizza. See, our pizza. I think our pizza is terrible, but. Well, um, you're from up there, but you know, my buddy from Long Island, he'll take me out to a pizza joint or he'll recommend a pizza joint. I'm like, hey, Mike, what's the best pizza here in Woodstock? He's like, oh, this place over on 92. That's the best place that has like authentic New York pizza. Go over there. I'm like, sweet. But anyways, yeah. you're saying you guys come from a bubble up there. Yeah. And- yeah. It's very much a bubble where, you know, we, our thoughts, our opinions, our everything is just, that's the right way and the only way. Right. Yeah. But I, but I talk to a lot of you guys down there and, you know, I don't know if it's just me and my age. And as I get older, my, my thoughts about things start to change, but I feel like, I feel like it's, we're more alike than I think we give ourselves credit for. Yeah. You know, I, and I don't, I don't know if that's because I've been fortunate and like, same with you to like, be able to I I haven't done a ton of traveling but you know I talk to enough people where you know I get a sense of where people are coming from you know yeah you know I think it's interesting you get to learn painlessly from their experience um, right even just speaking to someone because speaking to someone and having them tell you their story you know that's completely different than yours um it can't do anything but add to your you know worldview add to your scope of experience you know yeah so, and we are, you're, you're, you hit that nail right on the head, buddy. I mean, we are so much more alike than we realize. I mean, you know, with different, you know, nuanced, you know, differences here and there, like, you know, the way we talk, you know, the way we like our views on certain things, but like prime example, um, like years ago, I went to Ohio for the first time and everyone talks shit on Ohio, but like, I remember expressing the sentiment to who I, you know, who took me up there to visit. Um, and I'm like, these people are just Southerners that talk different. <laughs> and I know that's kind of a, a little bit like centric of me to say, but um, it's, it's very true. Like the whole, like the backbone of what I was saying there was that, you know, these people are this are the same as, as everyone. Like, I don't see any big difference here. And I've, I've, you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I've spent time, you know, in different cities. Like I've spent time in like Chicago and Cleveland and then Columbus and Los Angeles and Las Vegas and, you know, other cities around the world. Around the world. And the common thread that I find, even in other countries like the Dominican Republic, uh, Costa Rica, where I spent some time, um, I find that generally people are, are good. Yeah. Um, especially people that you don't know. And it's so weird to me, at least that when you meet someone who is a stranger to you out on the street or out somewhere, usually they are not rude to you just for the sake of being rude. Usually they are, they're polite in whatever Mm -hmm. language, whatever accent, whatever. And that is so it's interesting, but it's also really cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It it really is. You know, it's, I, I remember when I first started this whole thing, you know, I was, you know, I, I was really leery and weary about, you know, the people I would talk to, because at the time, you know, I knew I was from a bubble. I knew I was going to hear stories from people that I may or may not agree with. I knew I was going 
I really didn't know. You know, I didn't realize how much, you know, my thoughts and views on the world, especially, you know, and I don't even know why they are the way they are. You know, I don't know if it's from being a parent, being, you know, just talking to other people. You know, I don't really know what has really changed my viewpoint of the world and people in general over the last, you know, seven, eight, nine years. But, um, you know, the more and more conversations I had, it was like, damn, like, these are my people, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I get it. You know, we're going to, um, we're going to Arkansas at the end of July and, you know, yeah, yeah. Right. And, you know, people up here are like, why, why the hell would you want to go to Arkansas? You know? And it's like, a part of me is like, why the hell do I want to go to Arkansas? But, um, you know, we're going to cover a festival down there and it's right on the Oklahoma, Arkansas line. And, you know, it's, I know it's going to be a completely different way of life than what I'm used to on a daily basis, but I also know it's going to be, you know, the same kind of people that I talk to every day. So it's not, it's not going to be a huge culture shock to me. No, of, of course not. Um, and by the way, Arkansas is beautiful. Is it? Um, yeah. I, I had a, a little quick little week and a half long mini tour uh, back in Arizona, uh, September, we drove a van with a, my van with a trailer behind it out there and back. And I drove most of the way. Um, and we drove through Arkansas and uh, Arkansas was beautiful, man. Like yeah. Arkansas is absolutely beautiful. And some of the biggest deer I've ever seen on the side of the road out there. I'm like, shit, I need to move out here just for the deer alone. But right. Um, Cause I hunt, but like Arkansas was, it was great. And again, with the people, some very wonderful, beautiful friendly just loving people out there it's yeah it's awesome so you're, you're gonna you're gonna have a great time out there oh i'm sure you know and it, it just sucks from where we are like there's no direct flight you know and it's it's <laughs> you know even if i wanted to get a direct flight i'd still have to you know rent a car and drive three or four hours to get to where i'm going so there's like, not even like a like a small local airport that you can catch a puddle jumper into no nope it's it's you know what but it'll be an adventure it, that's that's all I can think about. That is such a wonderful way of looking at it. Like there, the 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 difference between going somewhere new and having a bad time because it's different, and going right. somewhere new and having a good time because it's different is is curiosity. And yeah, I, hell yeah. I think curiosity is so so important because curiosity begs an open mind with it. You yeah. Know? Also, don't forget our friends over at hogwashandrhinestones.com. Our good friend Ray is the owner over there. She makes incredible clothing that you've seen all over the place from Nashville to Boston to everywhere in between. Some really big names have worn her stuff. That's hogwash, the letter N, rhinestones.com. Check them out. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. You won't be disappointed. Check them out. Hogwashandrhinestones.com. Yeah, like, you know. I, my wife and I, when, when our kids get older, you know, we know we want to get out of Massachusetts, um, you know, for, come on down to Georgia, man. We'd love to have you. Well, like that's, that's what we keep thinking, you know, for a plethora of reasons, we want to get out of here. Um, and you know, she keeps saying like the Carolinas, but she wants to do like South Carolina closer to Georgia, you know? Oh, South Carolina is another wonderful, beautiful state. One of my closest friends is from, is from South Carolina and, you know, driving through there, like it's 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 wonderful man right. like you cannot go wrong with the carolinas and you know and that's the thing like we we want to get south um you know where 
if I'm still doing this in, in 20 years, that would be awesome. You know, but, and if, if I'm in South Carolina and I need to get to Nashville, it's a whole hell of a lot easier than getting there from here. Oh you yeah. Know? And you know, we're big Disney Orlando people. So that's a quick flight, you know? Oh yes. Gotta, it's all... gotta love, gotta love Disney Orlando. I went there when I was little, my, my, my dad would take me there like, Every summer, we would pick a different park, and we would go to that park for a few days every single summer. And That's I remember awesome. it was like it's like a seven, eight hour drive from South Alabama, and uh, got some of my earliest memories are in like Universal Studios and going to Disney's Animal Kingdom and yeah. Epcot and everything. And uh, definitely a big di- big Disney guy myself. Yeah, it's it's awesome, you know. So we're just you know we're ready to get out. Unfortunately, with our with our situations with other children and other parents, it's hard to just be like, "All right, let's go. we're gonna pack up and go now." Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's it's been for me. You know, I'll be the first to admit I lived in a bubble for most of my most of my life, where you know, my thoughts and opinions were the only way and the right way, and all that crap. And talking to people, it's like, wow. You know, you, you understand a lot more when you hear somebody's story from their point of view and you're like, all right, I understand why you think that way and, um, you know, or see things that way. You know, it, it, it just it makes life so much easier when you have a, a grip on actual reality and not what you hear on the news. One hundred percent, man. One hundred percent. You know, but um, so, yeah. So let's back to the music. Um, I, <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I get off the of music a lot because no, and that's, that's just. Okay. That's, that's just one case. small piece of the jigsaw puzzle that is my life. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. You know, and that's why I, I love doing this show the way I do, because I, you know, if you go back and listen to majority of the episodes, I don't even think a lot of them, we talk a lot about music unless, you know, it's like one of those, like, hurry up and get me off this call before I, you know, strangle myself. Um, oh, by the by the way, uh, I was listening to an episode of your guys the other day. Oh, and God. I was kind of surprised that no one on air or if you call it on air, no one on air knew who Soul Asylum was. What? Oh, I know who Soul Asylum is. Yeah. You, what was that? That was uh, the one that uh, that Lindsay was on. Like, I guess you guys named like bands you were into. Uh. Anyways, um, but yeah, like I forget where I was going. With that. Oh, okay, it doesn't matter. I lost the thought. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sounds great. Love it. <laughs> Um, so what's, what's coming for you this year, this year being 23, um, when it comes to your music? All right. So that is a fun, 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 fun story. And it all centers around my record label. Um, so I signed a record deal a little over a year, maybe two years ago. I don't know. I haven't released hardly, I haven't released anything but one song through that label. Well, um, hold on. I'm, I don't want to interject, but I hear that a lot. How did do, how does that happen? How do you sign a deal and then only release or record one thing? How does that I would I would love to tell you, and I'm going to tell you right now because okay. some of it I'm not really supposed to say. Well, but, then if you're not supposed to, then don't. But there's this, but I'm also really good at doing things I'm not supposed to do. All right. So, um. Anyway, so. You would think signing a record deal, you'd be like, okay, I get to put out all this great music. The quality is going to be awesome. I'm going to be close to a larger audience, everything like, and that's what, you know, most, that's what record 
labels and record deals are for or supposed to be for, right? But in reality, my experience has been, well, instead of being able to release a whole bunch of music, now the music that I would have released now has to go through several more steps of a clunky approval process um, before I can release it. And there's a lot more things that I can't do now. Um, For instance, say, hypothetically, I, uh, I write a song. And I'm, yep. re- and I'm really, I'm super jazzed about it, right? Like, I'm real excited about this song. Like, I feel like it's, you know, it's, 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 it's a banger or whatever they say. Um, I bring it to my label. I say, hey, I want to record this. This is going to be great. Well, the head of my label has to give it the go ahead and say, he goes it a yes or no. And if he doesn't like it, if he does, if he's not vibing on the same wavelength as I am with the song or if he doesn't get it, because, you know, obviously I haven't recorded it yet. So I can't accurately portray the vision in my head into his head. Um, if he doesn't like it, that song doesn't get recorded. Um, and well, then again, say that, say he does like the idea. For it. Well, now, instead of me just going into the studio and saying, all right, cool, let's get, uh, Let's get the rhythm together. Let's get a scratch guitar track. Let's start building on that. Let me layer some guitars onto it, which I did back in Arizona when I was independent. Um, I did all of the, I played every instrument that, that I possibly could on the record. I played everything but keys and drums, pretty much. Um, now, I, I'm actually not allowed to, to play, to, I'm not allowed to put the guitars on my own stuff anymore. Um, yeah, I know, right? And uh, it's not, and the 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 and it is that oh well you know we have we have guys up in Nashville that you know are session players that are just better than any better than you know they can play these parts better than you ever could and we're just going to use them because we know it's going to come back good and I'm like well all right but uh, do I get to be up there with them and kind of like talk to them and vibe with them on like the kind of feel I'm going for for this guitar part or for this drum groove or whatever? And the answer is always no. I don't even know. I don't even know these guys names. Right. Um, um, But, you know, so, but to sum it up, I don't, I don't want to, I don't really want to, I don't want to talk shit about my label because, you know, the head of my label is this, this wonderful guy. Um, And I love him to death. Like great, great guy. Um, but the, like the, the frustration there is that, you know, it, it takes, you know, labels these days, it takes too long to get from idea to song release. Yeah. Uh, And that's the frustration that I feel like a lot of people in the industry, um, are feeling because, you know, the, the model that has been prevalent in specifically country music for years and years is, is no longer, you know, it's no longer viable. Like it's kind of out of touch because, you know, today's day and age, like TikTok, Instagram, we're used to immediate gratification. And like, you know, if you want to put out content, you know, there's a way to do it immediately. Right. Uh, And the whole, you know, having to go through all this long clunky process um, that doesn't work anymore, which is why so many artists are, you know, doing it independently now for so many years. And so many of them are, having so much success doing that. I mean, you probably, both of us know a bunch of names right off the top of our head that, you know, are independent artists that are just 
freaking killing it right now. Yeah. And uh, so that is kind of the backstory for the answer to your question, what is in store for me for 2023? Um, sorry, I'm kind of long-winded because I feel like a lot of that needs to be said. But no, my, again, again to, to, save my, to save my ass, um, I, I, I'm not trying to talk shit about No, my, I, don't, I don't think about, you are at all. I, yeah. I and, think it's one know, of those... I, I love the people at my label. Like, they're all wonderful people. But, um, like, but 2023, um, I, you know, everyone says when you ask them, like, when I hear people talking about, like, I'm very excited for this next year. I'm very excited for the new, new music I'm putting out. Um, I, I could not understate that. Um, I have been over the past, you know, year, year and a half, I have been writing material that, you know, is not, it's not necessarily like, it doesn't fit the formula, like the radio formula. Um, but what it does do is it communicates, the music I'm, uh, I've been writing is communicates things that I think vibe and vibrate with people. And that's one thing that I've always kind of strived to do is to put out music that, you know, connects with at least one person. Like if I've always said that, like, if my song uh, connects with one person and means something to one person, then that song is worth recording. Actually, uh, and like I try not to write songs that are just like fluff pieces, you know, where right. it's like just writing a song just for the hell of it. Like, on my on my computer on my monitor right now I have a sticky note in capital letters that says write it and then underneath it says doesn't matter if it's radio cohesive genre matter and then also the final thing on there if it doesn't mean something to you why would it matter to anyone else right. um, and so the the music that I'm going to be releasing this year is is under the umbrella of country for sure because you know, that's, that's my genre. Um, and I love country music to death, but it's some of it's very edgy. Um, some of it has guitars that, you know, belong in like, like breaking Benjamin songs. Um, some of the guys I'm going to be working with are in rock bands. Like, uh, a very close friend of mine is the drummer for a rock band out of, uh, I guess they, they'd be out of Ohio, uh, called Starset. And uh, going to be working with him on some of these tracks, like for some very, very big rock drums. I'm like, I always go back to rock. I love rock to death. But like some of these songs are going to be like very kind of edgy, rocky country. Um, and I believe that there are some artists in the country music scene right now that really kind of open the doors for that. And to whom I'm very grateful for doing that. Um, first and foremost, probably Hardy. Oh, because yeah. I, I love Hardy's music to death. It is so witty. It is so poignant. Um, but the stuff he's been releasing recently is very, very heavy rock. And I'm so happy for it because it, you know, kind of opens the doors for a lot of people to be doing, you know, what they've been wanting to do for a while. And that's put more rock in a country. And, you know, you've been to a country concert before, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so when you go to the country concert, I think you could agree that, you know, a lot of country concerts these days are rock concerts. Oh, yeah. But the subject matter is country. Yeah. Um, and if you look back at old footage of, like, arena concerts from back in, like, the 80s, like Guns N' Roses, those kind of bands and everything, 
And then you compare that with footage of giant big country concerts today, like a Kenny Chesney concert or like a, like I went to Tim McGraw concert recently, or like a Florida Georgia line concert from like a few years ago. It's, it's an arena rock concert. And so I'm like, if, if your concerts sound like rock, then why can't we make the music sound a little bit more like rock? And I'm very, very excited for, you know, that direction that this, that the country music industry is going in right now. I'm, I'm so excited for it, but yeah, this is the stuff I'm going to be putting out this year um, is along those lines. And I'm very happy with a lot of it. A lot of these songs mean a lot to me. And I talk about some stuff that, you know, doesn't get talked about a lot and uh, you know, complex emotions and complex relationships with people. And uh, I'm really, I'm really excited about, you know, a lot of the material I'm going to be releasing this year and I'm going to be releasing as much of it as quickly as possible. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very excited and I'm pretty sure I'm excited that, you know, you know, I it sounded like I was talking shit about my label, but my label's on board with the direction that I'm taking uh, the music in this year. Um, and I'm so thankful that they are. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's what 22, 2023 has in store. Like, a lot of music that means a lot to me that I finally get to share with, you know, my friends, family, and people that, you know, follow my music. So. Well, that's great. You know, and I don't, I don't think it's talking shit about anybody. And I think it's a lot of the conversation that needs to happen, you know, because labels themselves, you know, if the trend keeps going this way, labels are going to be, you know, going to the way of, you know, radio in a way where nobody's listening to radio. Nobody's going to be using labels because they can do it all on their own. You know, yeah, of course, there's people that can't do it on their own, right? That will yeah. need a label or should have a label or, or whatnot. But, you know, there's – I can't tell you how many people we've talked to that have been on labels and then not on labels and then labels again. And it's like, you know, they're like, well, this just fit at the time. You know, or, you know, I'm glad I'm doing it this way because I have all creative control. I can do whatever the hell I want. And, you know, it's it's very it's very fascinating the way the industry works as a whole. Oh, yes. And it's funny that you mentioned creative control because creative control is such a weird thing. in like the whole record label conversation, um, because as an artist, you are putting out a piece of art. So right. imagine if someone had told like Picasso. Like, hey, this painting you did, uh, I see where you're going with it. Go back and do it again, but change this, this, and this. You wouldn't imagine that right now. But like, there are so many stories I've heard of people that do not have the level of creative control over their art that they should. And I understand it from both sides of that, that coin. You know, from the artist side, it's like, well... I'm an artist. I want to, you know, put out something that I that I made that I'm proud of that I think my fan base is going to absolutely adore. But then the other side of it is if they're on a label, the label's a business, man. Yeah. It has to it has to make money. And I totally get that. Like, you know, they're I don't think of it as, oh, it's this big greedy label. They're trying to make as much money off this artist as possible. I think of it as, okay, well, the label needs to make money because the the janitor of that building has to pay his bills. Right. The secretary, like the, the, the receptionist has to pay their bills. There are individuals that make, 
that this is their livelihood. And the company has, the record label has to do well for these people to have jobs. And that's something that, you know, you know, the economy is kind of not that great right now. And that's something that is very important is that, you know, these people, you know, are taken care of and stuff. And so the label obviously has an obligatory uh, motivation to, uh, to do well and succeed. So I, I totally get why the label would want to have a lot of creative input because they don't want, you know, an artist to just put out, you know, garbage. Right. You know? And it's, it's a weird thing because it's this like fine balance between creative control of the artist coupled with creative input and guidance from the label. And it doesn't, people don't, uh, it, the balance isn't always achieved, but a lot of times it is achieved. And I don't think that, you know, that's that whole relationship between a label and an artist is going to be ever, I don't think it's ever going to be completely perfect. I believe that it can get close to it, but the beauty is that, you know, it's not something that you expect to be perfect. Right. Um, and that's, you know, you're, you're, you're right. Like if things continue right now, the way they are right now, though, like labels will go the way of the radio, which went the way of the dinosaurs, yeah. you know, um, radio is a man. I, I gotta say this. I, I, I don't, maybe it's just the local stations, but here, but I don't like country radio right now. I, I think I, a lot of people don't like country radio. And I understand, and again, like with labels, I understand it from both perspectives. I understand it from listeners. Okay, well, uh, I'm hearing a song right now that I heard an hour ago. Right. Like, why? And I'm hearing stuff from the same artists. Why? I want to hear new stuff. Like, back in the day, you would go to radio, and then before we had streaming services, and before you could get music online legally, um, you would go to the radio and that's where you'd hear a new song drop or discover a new artist or whatever. And it was, there was something magical about that. And, you know, now it's just not. And right. so there's that side of, of that discussion, but the other side is that, okay, again, the, the radio station is made up of people that have jobs, right? Yep. And they, they make money a certain way to pay their bills and they do the best they can to put on a good show and put good content on the air. But the thing is radio makes their money predominantly from advertising and advertisers want to advertise on stations that play the mute, that play the, the hit music, right. Mm -hmm. That have, that have listeners. And so if you as a radio station start saying, okay, well I'm going to play some of these undiscovered artists that people haven't heard of before and hope that they like them. That's taking a business risk for a radio station. And if, you know, advertising advertisers, companies that want to advertise on radio station, they see this radio station taking these kinds of risks where they're like, mm, I don't know if we want to advertise with you guys because, you know, you're not playing the top 40 music that is, you know, safe where we know that, you know, we're going to get a bunch of listeners you right. know, that might, you know, have a, a sale conversion on one of our ads. Right. So. Of course, we can't forget our friends at the Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company out of Canada. That's drsupplyco.com. They have great stuff. All of the hats I pretty much wear, all the camo hats you see me wear either on TikTok or in pictures or whatnot, all come from the Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company. A big thank you to those guys out there. drsupplyco.com. Check them out. Canadian company. Great stuff. Check them out. It's... It's kind of like radio state radio has its hands tied 
you know, there's only so much you could do because, you know, it can't make money outside of advertisers and advertisers kind of can, in the end, control what goes on the radio. And it's, yeah. it's, it's sad because, you know, radio used to be like where you went for like the good music for new music and stuff like it. And now it's just like, I'd rather like, if I have a choice between listen to the radio and listen to Spotify, I could find millions of playlists on Spotify of music that I have not heard before and that I know I'm going to like because of my search criteria in Spotify, because yeah. of this beautiful algorithm that Spotify has created to show me new music. And I prefer to do that over listening to the radio and have to listen to 15 minutes of commercials every 30 minutes. Yeah, me too. I'm with you a hundred percent. You know, there's, that's how this whole show even got started. You know, I was on Spotify one day and you know, it was like up and coming artists or whatever. And I was like, huh, let's listen to this because I'm sick of hearing, you know, as much as I love them, I was sick of hearing the same Luke Combs song all the time. I was sick of hearing, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, You know? And like, again, nothing against any, any of those guys. I love them all so much, but. You hear uh, so much, you're inundated with it. Right. Right. And it's kind of like, you know, I've, I can't tell you how many times now we've seen Luke Combs, you know, now that, now that we're on it, you know, and we're going to see Luke again this summer when he comes to Gillette for his world tour. And, you know, I said to my wife, I'm like, the only reason I want to see that is because it's a it's a monumental thing in his career. You know, I know all the songs. I know the set list he's already going to play. I don't need to. I don't need to hear the songs, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I just want to be a part of the event. Exactly. There's the magic that you get seeing these artists perform these songs you've heard thousands of times, but performing them live and being there and being able to see them without a screen in between you. Yeah. Is it's, it's, it's very magical. If you leave, if you leave a concert, not having experienced something, then you didn't do it right. Like every concert I have been to, whether it's a band I liked, whether it's a band I didn't like, I always had some sort of experience there. And that's the, be- that's the beauty of live music, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was fortunate. Um, we got the invite to go and cover Cody Johnson in Albany, New York this past year in 2022. And it was the closest he was coming. And I didn't know if he was ever going to play in new England because of, you know, the way we think of things and the way he thinks of things. And I was like, shit, I'm never going to see Cody. This is the only time I'm going to be able to. Yeah. And it was worth the two hour drive to Albany and like, and I tweeted it out there. I was like, you know, it, it was time well spent, you know? And like, for me at this point doing this, like, I don't want to travel very far for a show if I don't have to, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but it was, it was incredible. You know, I've been able to, I was fortunate, very fortunate in 2022 to see a ton of shows, um, you know, an artist that I didn't think I'd ever get to see because of, you know, geographically where they were and yeah. where I am. And I was just, you know, the sh- live shows this year really are, you know, in 2022 really kind of solidified my love for this genre. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's awesome that you got to see so many shows. Like, I I perform a lot. I mean, that's my that's my right my nine to five, so to speak. Um, but I always, 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 if there's a chance that I can go to a concert of a band that I like that's going to be anywhere near Atlanta, I'm gonna make time to go. Yeah. Like we will drive 
you know, we've driven three hours to go to a concert before um, and thought nothing of it uh, because, you know, live music is it's magical. Uh, yeah. it, it really is, you know. Yeah, it sure is. You know, there's nothing there's nothing like seeing live music. There really isn't. There really, really isn't. Yeah. So um, I, I honestly I could go on and on and on all day with you about everything and um you know i told you <laughs> you know that the, there is no time but i like to try to keep it within an hour or you know a little little yeah that's to- that's totally fine i'm glad more, you didn't a little get- less i'm glad but, you um, didn't get me on uh, certain topics because there's certain topics i can ramble on and you'll be like what the hell are you talking about oh that's all right that would, that would be great that that'll be the next episode of just the next episode we'll talk about gear uh, oh i'll Jesus just let you gear. talk because i have nothing i got nothing oh, on that gear and get like gear and my dogs are like those are hour hours and hours <laughs> well trey so what i typically so i actually have a question because we typically you know i i tell i told you i told Lindsay, you know everybody that's listening to the show knows that there's no questions pre-planned right however yeah. i i have noticed going through days and um i noticed you uh you performing on stage in flip-flops. <laughs> it's so funny that you ask about that. Oh my goodness. Um, I've gotten in trouble for performing in flip-flops and performing barefoot. Um, why, why? I mean, a lot of people up here do it. I, yeah. I could I could name like five or six people that so, I know personally that perform either barefoot or in flip-flops. So I, uh, the reason I do that... Um, my whole vibe is not like traditional country. My whole vibe is very like, I love, love, love the water. I love being around water in water, like every bit of it. Like if it's warm enough outside, I'm going to be on the water somewhere, paddleboarding, swimming, fishing, whatever. And as a part of that, like I wear flip flops, like, yeah. And, uh, grossly enough, I have my feet get really, really, really hot. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's like I, my feet just burn up all the time. So I wear flip flops and my feet can breathe. Like as like last night I played up in Chattanooga. As soon as I got in the car, boots off, flip flops on. Okay. My feet can breathe now. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's just convenient. I mean, like if it's 90 degrees outside and I'm on stage performing, why the hell would I wear boots that are going to be too warm? My feet are going to be sweating. They're going to stink. Like, yeah. I mean, I wear freaking flip flops. I'll go barefoot. I mean, Jake Owen does it. I can do yeah, it. I mean, true. I'm not anywhere near as, as big as he is. So he has a better excuse than I do, but like, I'm going to wear flip flops. I'm in flip flops right now. I have more pairs of flip flops than I have pairs of boots and regular shoes. Well, I wish I could be in flip flops. So my, my in-laws got me a pair of Hey Dudes. I don't know if you know what those are. Dude, I want a pair of those so bad. I see so many of them. People just rant and rave about them. Oh my god, they're the greatest thing. It's like it's like having slippers on that you can you know go out and do things in. It's it's fantastic. I okay, I'm getting some. You have to, and they're really inexpensive. I think like you know she was telling me like like thirty five bucks. It's like that's no really, shit. Yeah, like super inexpensive. Um, oh, well, dang, so, I have no excuse now. I mean, so I can't wear flip flops right now because it's fucking cold here. Um, well, why not? Well, I, I mean, I, I wear t- flip flops when it, I've worn flip flops in the snow. 
Well, I mean, I do in the house, but I don't do it outside because I'm also a big bitch and a big baby. So if I'm cold, <laughs> uh, I don't do cold very well. That's another reason why I want to get the hell out of here. Um, I'm sick of snow. I'm sick of cold. I'm sick of all of that shit. But anyway, um, so do you have boots then? Yes, I have boots. I haven't bought new boots in... I haven't bought new boots since 2016. Do you know who, what pair, what boots you have, what brand? Yes, and okay. I love them to death because they have lasted. I mean, I've got them resold a few times, but for the most part, they've held up and they have weathered so perfectly. Like my boots look like a pair of boots you'd spend like a thousand dollars on at like a boutique shop in Nashville. Yeah, and it's my, just uh, because I've worn them literally fucking everywhere. Yeah, that's that's the kind. That's what I've gotten to the point in my boots. My boots are Ariats as well. My wife got them for me for my birthday in March of 2020. So I didn't wear them for quite a while for obvious reasons. Cause I wasn't going anywhere. And um, <laughs> yeah. it got to a point where like, I would just put them on and walk around the house with them just to have them on. And, yeah. um, you know, I love mine. Mine have gotten to the point now where I've, you know, they're so broken in that I just slip them on, slip them off. Like it's awesome. Yeah. I actually, I have to buy a new pair of boots pretty soon. Um, a buddy of mine is getting married next year. Fortunately enough, I don't have to rent like a tux or like a suit or anything because he's having his groomsmen wear jeans and like a button down shirt and like a vest and boots. But now God, this I is get... the most redneck Southern redding I've ever heard. It's awesome. But it's, but it's in Arizona. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> uh, no, actually the wedding is in South Carolina, but it's a bunch of, a bunch of people from uh, Arizona and it's all like cowboy style. Right. Yeah. Um, but I get to buy a pair of boots and I already picked out the pair of boots I'm going to buy. And they're so cool and they're so dope. And I'll be able to wear them on stage and they're, That's... they have so much swagger. Like I, I picked out a pair of black Python square toed boots and Sick. I mean, I feel like a girl or like a rap, <laughs> like a rap artist when I'm talking about <laughs> shoes right now, but I, I'd never thought I'd be excited about a pair of shoes, but I'm excited about them because I look at them and like the stitching around the square toe on them is all like bright white. So it kind of, it like juxtaposes that with like the black Python and the black, the Python skin's a little flaky, but it's like a matte black and it just looks so rock and roll and so country at the same time. I'm like, I'm like, fuck, these are some badass looking boots. I'm going to wear these to this freaking wedding and then I'm going to wear these on stage. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know why I'm so excited about shoes and call me a girl, call me a little bitch, but like, I, I I'm excited about getting a pair of boots. I'll well, just, yeah. I'll... I mean, you should be cause they're great. They sound great. I can't wait. You, when you get them, you got to send me a picture. Cause I want to see these things. I'll, I'll send you a picture of them. Even if it's like too hot for boots outside, I'll just put some on in my shorts and walk outside and take a, take a photo. Awesome. And send it to you. Put, put yeah. your shorts on and it's, <laughs> Oh, dude, I wear boots with shorts all the time. I was cleaning a, I was skinning a deer the other night in, in my combat boots and, and shorts in like 29 degree weather. And I didn't realize how fucking cold it was outside and that I was in 29 degree weather in shorts and a t-shirt and boots until I stopped handling this warm deer, this warm bloody deer with my hands. And then I'm like, fuck, it's cold outside. I'm going inside now. But <laughs> boots with shorts. We need to normalize boots with shorts. Like the stigma that is you can't wear boots with shorts is bullshit. Like, I mean, it, I mean, it's a stigma for a reason, but <laughs> I mean, they, if they can do it in Florida, we should be able to do it here. Oh, Florida has their own set of rules for everything. Exactly. I mean, 
and they're doing just fine. Yeah, are I mean, they? Are all they? things, all things considered. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right. Now let's um, let's talk about the other side of this. And um, do you have a whiskey of choice? Oh yes, whiskey. Um, so if it's mixed with something, it's got to be Jack. Like Jack okay. and Coke all day long. Yeah, yeah. But if I, I usually am a Jameson guy. Like usually, I I love I like Jameson on the rock jam. But um, my birthday was back earlier this month, and a friend of mine, a very close dear friend of mine, brought me this nice bottle of whiskey, and I asked him what it was. He's like, I don't know. I just grabbed something from the top shelf because that's kind of his thing. And it was this bottle of E.H. Taylor. And oh, oh my God, it was so good. Oh. I never had it before. Oh. So we don't get a lot of Alec uh, stuff like that up here for, I don't know what reason. Um, but even if you could find it, it's so expensive up here. Dude, I looked it up and I'm like, dang, I felt bad because he spent that much money on a bottle of whiskey for me. Yeah, But the whiskey was so good. I went through that <laughs> bottle in a week. Oh, I like, bet. I felt like I felt terrible about it, but I'm like, well, whiskey's supposed to be drank. It's really fucking good whiskey, so right. why not drink it? But like my um my boss for my nine to five, he got me a, a bottle of Blanton's for Christmas. And he gave it to me in a in like just like a grocery bag. And he was like, Here, Merry Christmas. And I was like, and I knew what it was just by the feel of the bottle. Yeah. And I know how much it's going for right now up here. And I was like, You got to be kidding me. <laughs> is that like, is that like, your oh, favorite? Um, it's one of them. It's become one of them. Like I really like the Buffalo Trace stuff. Oh God, Buffalo is so good. There's this, there's, this, there's this one like wine bar that I play at here in Woodstock occasionally. They have this beautiful, wonderful listening room upstairs that is just such a wonderful atmosphere to it. But their well is is Buffalo, and they oh, make wow. and they make they make these uh, da- I call them dangerous old fashions because. Yeah. They're so freaking delicious that you can have like, you can have way too many of them without realizing it. And they make them with Buffalo and they're so freaking good. Yeah. Man. Yeah. You know, I have a bottle of Eagle rare that I got a couple of months ago. That was a gift. Oh, another good one. Yeah. And then so my wife texted me, I think it was Christmas, the day before Christmas Eve and her company had like a little lunch and she's like, Oh, I'm having, you know, I just had some Johnny Walker blue, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Oh my yeah. God. You're the luckiest person in the world. And then I wake up on Christmas morning and she had bought me a bottle. Oh, shit. And I was like, I didn't know we had this kind of money. Like, where uh, have you been? Hi- I, where have you been hiding this? Like, I thought we were poor, honey. What the fuck is right? this? Yeah, pretty much. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> I was like, how? Ha, ha, ha. And she's like, oh, well, you were so excited that I had some and then you thought I was bringing it home. So I wanted to stop and get you some. And I was like, you, you. You, 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 you can't, you can't do this. Just, I mean, is our, is our, is our gas going to be shut off right. like unexpectedly right. or something? I got, like, I is there a... something that didn't get paid, that didn't get paid for? So oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure this? there was. I got you a $40 beanie that you wanted. I'm sorry. <laughs> Here's your shitty little gift that I right. thought you like. Thanks. Thanks right. for this. Thanks for this wonderful gift that you knew I would love. Like right. why the hell are women such good gift givers and fucking suck at it? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know at all. It's, it's crazy. But yeah, my, I'm actually looking at my whiskey collection now, and like I have so that still hasn't been opened, and then so much stuff that has been opened, and like that's a thing. Like I open it, and it, I typically open it with people around, and it goes, it goes quick, and I'm like, shit. 
But the thing about it, though, is Mm -hmm. you open it with people around. And then whenever you look at that bottle, the lower it gets, you think about the people that you shared it with and the good times that you had. And that's 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 how I justify, you know, you know, having a bottle of whiskey at the house that gets drunk when people come over. Is that like, would I rather save this alcohol or would I rather look back on how like how low the level of the of the of is and think about the people that i shared that with and how yeah. fun it was having that whiskey with my close friends you know yeah like my bottle of eagle rare that hasn't been opened yet um you know my brother-in-law has been around a couple of times over the last month or two for the holidays and stuff um and he's like have you opened that yet i was like nope and like it came to my it came to my attention that he has never had it. So like the next time he comes over, we're gonna we're gonna open it and and do it. So. Bust it out, surprise him. Like yep. get yourself like a like an ice like an ice cube tray that makes like the big cubes or oh, whatever. I got that. I got all that. Oh, I got the dude, cubes, I have that like too. It's, it's the only way to do it. Um, yeah. get some of those. Like go to like a cigar shop, get a couple cigars, just and just yeah, that's that's a good time to be had. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Oh, well, cigar. Speaking of cigars, um, you know how people dip their their tips of their cigars in whiskey occasionally. Yeah. You've heard of that, right? Yep. When I was in the Dominican Republic back in 2014, um, I got to play down there and perform for the U.S. ambassador down there. Um, he took us to the cigar bar in San Santo Domingo, I think is the capital. But he took us to the cigar bar, and they had they handed us cigars that were these really nice cigars. We were dipping them in 18-year-old aged rum. And what? it was it was the trippiest thing I think has ever happened to me. I'm sitting there and like the 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 cigar I have in my hand and the and the rum that I am dipping it into, not even drinking the rum, dipping my cigar tip into this rum, both of those things cost, I think, more than everything that I brought with me to that country. And I'm like. Wow. This is absolutely nuts. But if you so that being said, if you ever get a chance, if you have like a nice like spiced rum or a smooth like like not don't do it with a bottle of Malibu. Like find yourself some really good like freaking uh, top shelf yeah, rum. Malibu is the best rum. I mean, I mean, it's yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's what it's 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 what I, it's why what I can afford. Okay, yeah. let's be honest. But if you ever find yourself in a nice bottle of rum. And you have a cigar handy, and you feel like, "Hey, I'm gonna get." I feel feeling a little bit cheeky about it. Tip your cigar into some rum, dude. It'll change your life. Oh Damn. god. Damn. Now I gotta do it. Now, like, I I don't smoke cigars, but now I need to. Now I need to. Well, I mean, you, as a dude, you have to smoke one cigar in your lifetime. That's true. I mean, I have, but I don't. Ex- on a you exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, Trey, I wanna. I I would love to keep talking. I would love to keep talking. Yeah, but we, uh, you know, I know you wanted to keep it around an hour, I and did. I made you hold. I made you hold on for another eleven minutes. That's a, so. and that's all right. That's all right. We have it's been great conversation, and I wait to to chat again. And oh, know, dude, I'd love to come back. You're a cool ass dude. Yeah, same, same. You, you, I was, you know, sometimes you don't know, right? You don't know what you're gonna. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a box of chocolates, right? And I am. I gotta say, and please don't take offense, but I am very pleasantly surprised with the conversation we had, and I very, no very much, very much appreciate it. 
Oh, me too. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been such a blessing to get to meet you and uh, and talk to you and shoot the shit. You know? Yeah, same, same, man. I, I, I appreciate you more than you'll ever know. I really do. Oh, you're going to make me get all teary-eyed. Oh, God, I, I have that effect. <laughs> well, man, I really appreciate you having me on here. Like, Hell yeah. Thank you for, you know, giving the opportunity. Thank you for even thinking that I'm, you know, interesting enough to talk to. And I hope that I didn't disappoint. But No, not I've at all. Trust a, me, you would have known. I would have tried to get you off this call fucking hour ago. <laughs> you're saying is the next time that I'm on here, if if you get me off in less than an hour and 12 minutes, that means that I did poorly. Yeah, probably. probably. That's what you're saying. Okay, cool. Yeah. I appreciate, no, you, I appreciate you, your candor. A little, a little secret. I probably shouldn't say this out loud and put it on an episode but if you go back um depending on who the artist is or the guest is like you can tell based on just how long the episode is how interesting or uninteresting it is yeah i i can i can tell that on any podcast yeah. like you you kind of know and you know some when for certain people when you're listening to that like for me personally when i'm listening to someone that like they're not like the conversation's not flowing or they're not very engaging or whatever it's like nails on a chalkboard to me like it's yeah. like i like my skin starts calling i'm like dude like what are you doing just just talk right you know? yeah i but, mean there's there's been plenty of guests that i've had on that i would have loved to have talked to longer but you know i i understand that chris kingle only has so much time you know yeah. i i understand that you know even like ray fulcher ray fulcher only has so much time yeah, you of know, course. Like I get it. And you you're know, like feel lucky enough to get the time from them that you did. Right. You know? Right. Like like I had Shane Smith on from Shane Smith of the Saints. And Ooh. I got way more time out of him than I ever thought I was going to. That's killer. It yeah, it was. It was it, and it's you know, that's a shorter episode, you know, but it's one of our most listened to episodes of all time. Huh. You know, it's kind of like Jr. the Handler, who is Justin Moore's TM. Yeah. Um, he's an Alabama guy. And him and I talked for well over an hour. And it was just, it was incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, Justin Moore's whole crew is just wonderful. I met Justin yeah. side stage at years ago at a Brentley Gilbert concert where he was like the second opener. It was him, Colt Ford, and uh, Brentley Gilbert. And like he was the nicest guy. Like I met him side stage when Brantley was performing and you know, um, before he was about to go out and do small town throwdown or that song that he did with them. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of tapped him on the shoulder cause I, you know, was minding my P's and Q's, I was P's and Q's, you know, it was on my best behavior. I had played the VIP lounge at that show, um, you know, before the first opener. Um, and so I tapped on the shoulder like, hey, Justin, don't want to don't want to bother you. Nothing. I just want to say I was side stage for y'all for y'all set. Y'all killed it, man. It was so awesome. Y'all just absolutely crushed. It. He's like, thank you, man. And then about 30 seconds go by and he's in his like stage get up because when he was just there, he was in shorts, flip flops and a T-shirt and went yeah. backstage change to come on and do that song. But 30 seconds go by and he comes back over and he shakes my hand. He's like, man, I really appreciate you saying that. Like, I, I that really means a lot to me. And I'm like. I'm floored at this point because I'm like, ah, like I feel so special. Yeah. Justin Moore's, Justin Moore's, his, his crew and his, 
his whole camp is just is just wonderful. But I'm yeah. glad you got to got to talk to his team. You know. Yeah, yeah. I you know we've had a hell of a year. That's for sure. You know. One hundred percent, man. Yeah, it's been awesome. But all right, I again, I keep you know, I'm not trying to get you off the phone, uh, but I'm I. I can you gotta my, keep it. Uh, I can so, hear my yeah. kids running around upstairs, and you know, I'm sure they're getting ready for lunch. And oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> but Trey, thank you so much. I can't wait for this episode to get out to the world because it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good one. I have a me too, I have a man. Good feeling about this one. Absolutely, dude. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Appreciate you. All right, you have a great rest of your day. All right, you too. Happy New Year. You happy New Year. Thanks, Bye. buddy. Bye. Well, there you have it, guys. Trey Odom. Wow, what a great conversation. You know, that's one of those conversations that, you know, and I said it, could have gone on for days. Could have gone on for days. I really hope that Trey comes back on this show, if not at the end of this year, beginning of next year, maybe get a recap of all the kick-ass shit he's been doing. Um, I really, really appreciate Trey and everything he's doing, and um, I appreciate Lindsay for the for the help with the connection there. Um, great people awesome time i really hope you enjoyed the conversation because i enjoyed having it as i do you know i'm not gonna we're not we're not this year we are not bullshitting people um i don't enjoy every conversation but this was one of the ones i really really enjoyed um so far this year you guys are getting so lucky so lucky i'm i'm getting lucky i'm every episode so far this year has been a conversation i've absolutely adored I am so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for all of our guests. Please, guys, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, yada, 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 all the social medias. If you want, like, subscribe, share. Everything helps, man. I'm telling you. We appreciate it so much. Um, you know, do a review. Do a, you know, get on Spotify or wherever the hell you listen to this stuff and leave us a review five stars four stars i don't give a shit just review us i appreciate it so much um five stars will get you love from me <laughs> but so guys thank you so much trey thank you from the bottom of my heart you're the man i love you so much brother keep killing it and we will see you soon and for everybody else until next week keep those boots on the ground your whiskey in the glass y'all cheers <laughs>